0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayer, number 250. In the book, The Seven Principles of Making a Marriage Work, by John Gottman, we already had to discuss um, four out of the seven principles. And before he goes to the fifth one, he has a few chapters talking about different types of marital conflict and how to resolve them, and uh, that's a preparation for the upcoming um, Principles 5, 6, and 7 that he's going to discuss. And he talks about marital conflict. And the one thing that's important to know, that even the most happy marriages have to cope with issues of marital disagreements. Sometimes the conflicts are minor, irritating, that there's irritation of one to the other in a minor way. And again, this is in the most beautiful marriages. And other times it's complex and intense, and they seem distant from one another to protect themselves. And again, this could happen even in the most beautiful marriages. And there are two categories of these type of conflicts. Either they can be resolved, or they're perpetual. Perpetual means that they're part of your life forever in some form of another. And the key of the society saying here is so valuable. Because once you're able to identify and define your various disagreements you have with one another, you'll be able to customize the way you cope with these disagreements depending on what which type of conflict you're dealing with. So he studied that unfortunately or fortunately, or this is just human nature, but Darek that the majority of marital conflicts um fall into perpetual problems. He says 96 69% of it. I have a feeling it's bottom line is it is more than 50, between 50 and 70%. And um because why does he say this? He says this because he follows up with couples based on their studies. And again, we're dealing with not necessarily um, couples with major challenges, but couples that get along and love each other and have good marriages. But they'll find that they're arguing still on the same exact issue. Four years later, that they were arguing about four years before. They may have changed their hairstyle, put on new clothing, gained some pounds, lost some pounds, more wrinkles, and they'll have the same argument. And he says it's funny. It's like four minutes passed instead of four years. And um, so again, he's going to mention some, a lot of this is secular type stuff, but it's important to just be aware. She wants to have a baby or another baby. And the husband says he's not ready for another baby. Doesn't know if he ever will be. Husband wants more sex more frequently than the wife does, or vice versa. The husband is lax in, in household work that his wife really wants him to do, and it causes the wife to get upset. Um, and, um, or they argue on, they think uh, the husband, the wife thinks the husband's too critical of their son. And uh, the husband thinks that he has the right approach. So a lot of those differences could be permanent. Um, But despite those differences, they could be happily married, be very satisfied with their marriages, because they worked a way to deal with those problems that are not movable, that are not resolvable, so they don't become overwhelmed by it. They take it with a certain sense of humor, with, with a certain acceptance. For us, Yidin, it comes with Ashkacha Pratis, believing in Ashkacha believing that this zivig was meant for you. And if there's a thing where your husband or wife feel so differently from each other, and, and it looks like they'll never see your point of view on a particular thing, it's still menashamayim. They're a good person with all their overwhelmingly good midis and they just happen to not see eye to eye on a particular thing, even if it's an important thing, and they'll never agree with each other, but they're meant to be together anyway, even if the problem will not fully get resolved. And he writes here in bold, and I just want to say it care, you know, carefully and to real put in thought into this. And he says as follows that despite what many therapists will tell you, you don't have to resolve your major marital conflicts for your marriage to thrive. That's a very, very important concept. We'll talk later about things that could be resolvable. But if things... There are things where maybe it'll be unbridgeable even in the way you feel. You'll never feel the same way about a particular issue... And it may be a very important issue. And nevertheless, your marriage can thrive and be extremely beautiful. And he gives other examples. Here's another happy couple. He's giving cases of happy couples, good marriages. They have a disagreement on the way their orderliness. The wife has a discipline of a drill sergeant. You know, everything in its proper order. While the husband is like the absent-minded professor. And because the wife is very uh, meticulous, the husband tries to remember where he puts things. And for his sake, she, being despite being a drill sergeant and being so organized, tries not to nag her husband when things go missing, even though she's a little frustrated. So in other words... If she'll find a half a cup of coffee mug uh, with half-filled coffee behind a pile of magazines, uh, she'll make a point by holding her nose and gently teasing him. Um, Now, sometimes when she's stressed, she'll she'll raise her voice and show some annoyance. And he'll give her a back rub as a chuva, I'm sorry. And they'll go on happily with their day. It's not a resolvable thing. He'll still be more or less a pretty much absent-minded professor. She'll be pretty much like that organized drill sergeant. But they work with each other in a good-natured way, despite their different natures. And at times it's better. On times it's worse. Sometimes, like on the era of Shabbos, uh, when things are very tense and you have to do 10 million things, and it's only an hour and a half before Shabbos, it could be a little nerve-wracking, Yes. But ultimately, this couple loves each other. Here's a problem that they can work with to compromise and this and that, but it'll never get fully resolved. They're different. They're very different. And what they need to know, and it's tremendous wisdom and acceptance to understand that some difficulties are inevitable, similar to chronic pain of ailments. When you get older, arthritis kicks in, a bad knee, sometimes, um, whatever the case is, you na- I mean, you're not going to enjoy those issues, but you learn to cope with cope with it, and you avoid situations that would make it worse, and you do your best to maintain the best you can. So ultimately, no matter who you marry, and no matter how beautiful the marriage could be and is, it'll it's, it'll be successful based on the degree where you. Choose on how to cope with it, especially with conflicts that are not resolvable, because they're simply so different than one another. They can work towards each other. But, you know, when an extrovert and an introvert marry each other, there'll be sometimes conflicts in that. That is not fully resolvable. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no harm in that you work around it you work through it in a good natured way in an understanding way now in however in unstable marriages if they don't understand this concept or you know, with us jews we, we we are a little weak in our amuna realize and not realizing it, the hashkaha practice of it then those perpetual problems will seem insurmountable and can kill the relationship because And here is the Luschen he uses, which I feel is so powerful. Instead of coping with the problem effectively, the couple gets gridlocked over it. They suffer gridlock. They have the same conversation over and over and over again, spinning their wheels, resolving nothing, making no headway, just getting hurt, frustrated, and distrustful of one another. So let's say we talked about a few minutes ago, how a couple in a good marriage, in a wonderful marriage, where one was an organized drill sergeant and the other one was an absent-minded professor, and with good nature and with humor, they worked through it. But if, let's say, it's an unstable marriage, or they don't work on it, or they don't have that perspective, then they will constantly get a gridlock and spin like a hamster in a wheel His absent-minded professorism versus her extreme organization, and they'll constantly be in conflict with one another, hurting each other, frustrating each other, mistrusting each other. And they'll go back to those four horsemen we discussed in the past about stonewalling and being defensive and all that stuff. And the only way really to change that is... Let's agree to disagree. But you can't shove it under the rug. Um, you shove things under the rug, the rug bunches up, and you can't shove it under the rug anymore. You'll you'll slip over it or whatever. It's not going to work. So that's really uh, your yesai that we have to understand. Every marriage, you'll have unresolvable conflicts, things that will never fully smooth out. That's the mind of professor versus the auditor a drill sergeant, introvert and extrovert, or whatever the case may be. All these different things. And we need to learn how to cope with it well, as opposed to getting gridlocked and stuck. If you're in gridlock, then the conflict will make you feel rejected by your partner, by your husband or wife. While if you have a healthy marriage... You won't feel rejected by your partner. You won't feel rejected when your wife criticizes you for being absent-minded about something or gets frustrated. You won't feel rejected by her. You'll realize she loves you. She's a drill sergeant and you're an absent-minded professor and, and, and you're trying to get better and she's trying to loosen up a little bit. But it's not a sign of rejection. But if they're not working with it, they'll feel like it. it's a rejection of one another. Or that you're be only unwilling to budge. And In a healthy relationship, you are willing to budge. The drill sergeant will always be that drill sergeant. But I'm willing to budge. I'll give in to the absent-mindedness from time to time. I may roll my eyes. I may not be always happy about it. But I will embrace it sometimes because I do love my husband. I love that absent-minded professor. And the husband, good-naturedly, will say, I like my drill sergeant. Now, sometimes I wish he wouldn't be such a drill sergeant and they could talk about it. But they won't have that excess weight of frustration and hurt when they accept each other's natures and what can't change fundamentally, and accept it with joy. And Hashem usually, what he does is, is he develops a Pesach where you actually get to enjoy that aspect of it. And you develop the appreciation of that opposite personality as well. Where an uh, absent-minded professor may, over time, start valuing the importance of getting a little more his act together and organized. And she... The drill sergeant, as an example, the one that's very organized, will know, will learn how to lighten up somewhat over time. And that helps them both. But if they're in gridlock, then when you discuss a subject, you'll feel more hurt, you'll feel rejected, you'll become more unbudgeable, more inflexible, and eventually you disengage from each other emotionally. And we need to avoid that gridlock idea. So that is the first type of conflict. A conflict that's unsolvable. That But over, now he's going to talk about solvable problems. Now, solvable problems may seem simple, but it could cause a lot of pain unless you try to solve them. Uh, simply because a problem is solvable doesn't mean it gets resolved. They need techniques and they need work to do to take care of those Problems that could get resolved, and they could resolve it. And he'll talk later about tackling solvable problems head-on. It saves, it helps a lot of marriages. When you have a problem, not those like real deep ones that it's personality-oriented where they can't change each other's personality, that the unsolvable ones, which he talked about and will continue to talk about, but sometimes an emotionally intelligent couple, they look at each other and they say, we disagree about something, but this is something that we really could solve pretty easy. Number one is when you start, it up, start up the conversation, we looked, talked about this before, you do it in a soft way, not in a harsh way. Repair attempts means that when you screwed up, you made a mistake, you in a nice way try to repair that by talking nicely now. You don't flood. You don't feel overwhelmed. You try to cope with whatever the issue is. You learn to compromise. You learn to be tolerant of each other's imperfections. And when you and your husband or you and your wife are in a disagreement, it may not be so obvious which type of disagreement you're having. Is it the gridlocked, unsolvable one or the solvable one? And Mr a shame. We're going to talk more about this in the upcoming share.